Blog Talk Radio. The Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Doc Murphy, of rootdocmurphy.com in Paganistan, Minnesota. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood, of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we will be joined by a special guest, Papa G of TheMojoStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic of spell work outside the box. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. But first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Contraman. Miss Cat? Hi. So nice to hear your lovely voice, Doc Murphy. You make a oh, thank you. lovely announcer, a lovely radio personality. Well... Um, how are things in northwestern Pakistan, or is it northeastern? A little. <laughs> <laughs> we're right, on, pretty close to the border of Wisconsin here in the Twin Cities. Um, it's been uh, the really good. The, the um, Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival was an absolute blast this weekend. The rest of the week has been bananas um, in a whole lot of ways. I'm I'm telling people that prayed for me to find work that to thank you because this week I suddenly got slammed with a whole bunch of work and I'm going to be like, okay this semester. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, we really do want you to be a happy camper on this earth. And uh, <laughs> so that's good news. That's good news. Well, um, what's going on here in Lucky Mojo land is um, – we also had a wonderful time at the festival. Angashiv and I enjoyed mm-hmm. ourselves thoroughly. It was great. All the presenters were wonderful. If you missed it, you missed it. This is the second year in a row we've had the festival by Zoom rather than in person. After 12 years of in-person, now we've had two years of virtual. There are mm-hmm. advantages to both. There are disadvantages yeah. to both. And uh, we are thinking that if the plague ever dies down, we might go to live with a reduced price camera access version. In other words, mm. um, the goodie boxes, shipping of the goodie boxes is driving us crazy. We, we're, we're not thrilled. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And, um, and so maybe the goodie boxes should be for those who show up like they used to be for the first 12 years. 
and maybe the uh, for a smaller price you could listen by Zoom, watch by Zoom, but not receive a goodie box. I, that, that's one of the thoughts that has crossed people's mind. There's other thoughts. Oh, we're going to do goodie boxes for everyone no matter what. <laughs> but um, there are people who miss the live version of the festival, and there are people who are thrilled with the Zoom version because they can dial in from Auckland, New Zealand, or wherever they are, and they don't have to spend a fortune on air traffic and stuff like and boarding and room and all of that when they get here. So we're we're looking at it for the future. I'm not on the board. I'm just reporting what I've heard through the grapevine. I <laughs> I've friends of the board. How about that? <laughs> so. So, and I want to put a special thanks to Lady Muse, who was our mistress of ceremony, Ms. Robin, who was in charge of the goodie boxes and other an acquisition of the goods that were sent to the people. And a big thank you to my co-authors, Papa G and Jeremy Weiss, and the late, great Henri Gamache, a.k.a. Anne Flightman, we put the books together and uh, PDFs and to all the presenters and to um, Deacon Millet, who was our reading wrangler and got all of the people into their reading rooms and got everyone their readings, which has always been a feature of our festivals, too. And I want to thank Deacon for going above and beyond getting me scheduled and rescheduled and, and stuff. It was really nice of him. So that's where we're at. And, of course, all of our presenters, Evan and, and Conjurman Ali and Papa Newt and <laughs> Papa G, everyone deserves a round of applause and thanks. And if you missed it, you might want to consider next time, no matter what form it comes in, this festival is unique, has always been unique, and there is a chat after each presentation where you can chat with the presenter, which is real nice. So I enjoyed myself. I have now spent the rest of my time going into one of my deep dives into popular culture and paper ephemera. As those who follow me on Facebook may have noticed, I have become the caretaker of 50,000 business cards (laughs) that are pre-1993 that I am given the job of sorting along with Nagashiva, who has taken to it unexpectedly. He likes it, too. And um, we are sorting these business cards to distribute to free for business card collectors. If you're a business card collector, um, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, and I will direct you to the Facebook private group for the International Business Card Collectors. And if you put in your want list, you will be entitled to free, free, free business cards sorted lovingly by me and Nagashiva. And they range from, you know, anything from apiaries um, to uh, farriers, I'm just looking through some of the the categories here, to metaphysical shops. No, I'm keeping all of the metaphysical shops myself. Sorry, you're not getting any of those. Uh, Cards with calendars on them. Uh, State senators, federal senators and representatives. If you you had an idea that you really wanted a business card from Sam Nunn, you know, there you go. You can have one. It's a lot of fun. It's really crazy. And I'm learning a lot about America's um, conception of itself in terms of occupation and business. It's a very unusual thing. I'm probably going to be writing a lengthy Patreon page on the subject 
of paper ephemera expressed through business cards. And this is a call out to everybody under the sound of my voice. If you have a business card that deals with your metaphysical shop or your metaphysical services, such as fortune telling, spiritualism, whatever, or um, alternative religion, or even, hey, mainstream religion, or if you have uh, do yoga or body work, anything that might be, you know, our community, send me your business card. You can send it to Catherine Ironwood Personal Mail, care of Lucky Mojo Curio Company, 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, 95436. And if you don't know that address and didn't write it down, um, just go to the Lucky Mojo Forum or to LuckyMojo.com. The address is right there. Send me the business cards that you dream on, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with them. I really am. That's my news. How about you, Conjurman? My news is uh, it's been a busy, busy week, certainly. We're having a little bit of a technical uh, problems with you, uh, Miss Cat. I'm sure if you can see the chat. Well, you're, you're sounding very poppy for some reason, like your, your voice is popping and I think that it might be your phone. So Navi Shri is asking if we shall replace your phone for you in order well, to fix the sound. Go right ahead. This is a new phone that Shiva bought oh, okay. for me. Because my other sh- phone, if you might remember from a couple of weeks ago, was very staticky. Uh, and now you're not well, now, so, you're, yeah, now you sound fine. And now I sound fine. And now you sound fine. Whatever it is, it's, it's resolved. Well, he's not replacing my... <laughs> um, he's not replacing... Well, the staticky one was worse. This is yes, what happens yes, in the world of used phones. Well, you know, this is oh. where we're living through... You can't live with technology, um, you can't live with that. Shiva, is this the phone that you had that problem with the volume on? Yeah, no? It's another, a third phone? Yeah, we should just do it or not. Okay, how about you cut me out? You talk contraband and he cuts me out and gives me my old phone, okay? Yeah, well, we'll test it out and see how it goes. It has been, look, Mercury's in its shadow, technology's acting funky, it's a live show, we roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was... A fantastic, fantastic weekend. Uh, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival was so good. Uh, Miss Robin and Deacon Millet, who worked behind the scenes, to really kind of put so much together. Uh, I don't think people realize how hard it is to wrangle that many presenters. There's so many moving parts. People have to submit videos. People have to submit their uh, uh, articles. And this cat is typesetting all of those articles and editing them. And they look very good. It's because, you know, no writer is, is good without their editor. Miss Cat's editing them. So there's a lot of moving pieces. And then they've got to organize those boxes. Everyone's got their own special requests. You know, I want this and I want that. But uh, it's thanks to all of the hard work that went on behind the scenes from Lady Muse to, to Miss Robin to Deacon Miller that it was such a wonderful success. One of the smoother uh, online festivals or uh, conferences I've been at. Some minor technical hiccups here or there, but it was, it was actually quite good. Um, I was very impressed with the technology behind it and how easy it was to go from 
one workshop to the next, the the ability to hang out in the lounge and talk with people, how to move between readings. It was great. I'm actually still doing a little bit of catch-up uh, this past week, and so I've been busy trying to answer emails and send out some final ones. But it, it has certainly been, this past week has been pretty wild. I think that Mars ingress into Libra has really brought some 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 chaos in and everyone is still recovering from that chaos. It is interesting. We are watching uh, something that I mentioned earlier in the year that we are going to be watching, seeing a lot of labor stuff going on as we rethink labor. And we're watching a Nabisco strike. For those who have been following the news, there was first the Foster Farm strike in California where all chicken production was under threat for a while. And now Oreos facing some sort of calamitous uh, struggle as as the workers of Nabisco have went on strike. And meanwhile, you've got anti-vax protests taking over globally. So we are living in the weirdest freaking time. Nicki Minaj's cousin's testicles are in the news. So (laughs) I thought to to myself, I was like, some poor bastard is going to have to write the history of COVID someone's going to have to write that book. And I, there's like half of this stuff I don't even know how they're going to write about. Oh, and then they taught their kids to burn their masks in fires. <laughs> like, it's just one of those <laughs> things where no one, like, no one is going to believe that this shit happened. Like, the writers of the plot have gone too far. It's too on the nose. They need to pull it back to reality. So if, if you're living through these times, the fact that you're surviving in of itself, give yourself a pat on the back. Well done. COVID it's a crazy week. We've yeah, people have lost their <laughs> fucking minds. We're we're making through it. It's a new week. Here we go. Yeah, it's it's been really strange. Now I got to ask: Can you it hear has. me better with this phone? Oh yes, you sound wonderful. Oh great! I can't hear you guys at all. It's like I'm straining to hear you. This oh, is God. the phone with the loose earpiece, but the good mouthpiece. Oh dear. So I'm going to send out a call. Nagashiva, can you come back in and see if you can adjust the volume on the bottom of that phone? Because I can't hear for beans. Okay. I know I can be. I, I know this is uh, this is the problem of buying used phones. Is that any better? Say something. Can you hear us? Ah, that seems louder. Yes, now you're here. Oh, okay. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> well, you sound great to us. Well, good. Um, these are just, you know, when one phone breaks, you buy another used phone off of um, eBay. <laughs> it's like, whatever. These are used phones. Well, you like old-style equipment. Yeah, yeah. They're, these are old phones. All righty. Um, okay, sorry about that. So uh, today we have um, our wonderful friend, Papa G., as a guest, and he's been a guest before, and Papa G runs a very large and wonderful metaphysical shop in Nashville, Tennessee, and is a maker of custom tea and herb mixes, and makes all kinds of oils, has written books on oils, written books on soap making, and his mm-hmm. shop makes uh, custom magical soaps, and um, and that goes under the name of Aroma G. Botanica, but there's also um, the Mojo Studio. It's a man like me. He's diverse. He has many different companies. So welcome to the show, Papa G. 
Thank you. Mm, glad to have you back. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll put all of the URLs through in the chat, I hope, or you can. Um, and, um, yes, you just recently co-wrote a book with me, How to Use Amulets, Charms, and Talismans in the Hoodoo and Conjure Tradition. And uh, that's a book that is available through Lucky Mojo. It's available through Papa G's Emporia, and it is also available on Amazon. Yeah, I'm still on the book bug. I also just put out another book, um, Lenormand the Basics, How to Read Lenormand Cards for Beginners. It is already up on Amazon. I'm waiting for my copy to show up today. Wow. And then I just got through revamping my first book, which was called Cluck, The Tale of Pick and Chicken, which was about animal cruelty in the chicken farm industry. Gave it a whole... Touched up the whole new inside, gave it a brand new, more modern cover, and um, mm. and then right before we dialed in, I was uh, working on my next book, Casting Love Spells, and also messing wow. with Jeremy Weiss, who I had not told him I was going to be on the show, so he messaged me on Facebook and said, did, did you know you were going to be on the show this week? And I said, I am. Should I dial in? <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. Um, Well, uh, if you can uh, type and put in some of those things, put in the names of the other books, too, because people will want to follow you. Uh, You're you're a good author. I always love collaborating with you. We work together pretty well, and um, and we've enjoyed it, uh, you know, working together. And I hope we do another book. book, right? It's our second book together. Our first one was Stranger in the Cup which was about right. TV reading. And I hope that um, we can do another collaboration. You're just a easy collaborator. I, just, I like it. I've already got an idea for the next one. Okay, well, whisper it in my ear there after the go. show. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, I also, uh, Cousin Joshua puts out something here too, which made me think. I want to thank my Patreon supporters because they... Uh, send me $2 per week to be uh, given advance PDFs or web pages or whatever it's going to be of things that I've written. And over the course of the spring and summer, I was working on these three books, two that I co-wrote and one that I wrote all myself. And the Patreons really supported me financially during that time so that I didn't have to go and do readings, which would cut into my book writing time. And I'm so grateful to everybody who supports me on Patreon. It's, it really means something to me. And you will be getting your copies of the new books because, of course, you're the ones who supported them. And those who attended the festival saw at the end credits of my workshop on down-home mm-hmm. sex magic. I gave a shout-out to everybody's name. But um, thank you. And if you go to Patreon and um, look me up, just Catherine Ironwood, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And what I write about for Patreon is super random, but all of it is only for the Patreon people for one year. And a year later, it's released free to the public, except for the books. Those I had to, of course, it was released two or three months later, depending on when I was working on them. But I intend that all of my books from now on will be released uh, chapter at a time or pages at a time through Patreon. 
And mm. those who are my Patreon subscribers, like Cousin Joshua, if you were to compare what you received in Patreon for the books versus how the books came out printed, you'll find that you had extra discarded chapters and pages that never made it into the printed books, which is kind of a trip. So, Behind the scenes. Behind the uh, were scenes. There any, were, there any, were there any bloopers? Oh, there were a couple of uh, million typos, if that's what you mean. <laughs> Actually, some of the patrons were sending me little, did you know that's that's a typo? I was just typing as fast as I can, and what with these cataracts and my already congenitally poor vision, I really can't see what I'm typing. I'm just going just blaze ahead, and someone else is going to fix it. So, yeah. Well, today we have a topic, and Papaji brought us a topic, and the topic is thinking outside the box. So I want to introduce this the way I usually introduce these topics. What this is about is when you do your spell casting, there are certain kind of go-to things, like I'm going to go to candles, I'm going to do candle spells. There are certain topics or areas of life that call out to certain types of spells. But as I made clear in down-home sex magic, going to candles for sex magic is not the most typical. And Mm -hmm. you would assume that the person would want to be working on contact magic with maybe a little backup of the candles. But thinking outside the box, well, what if you have no contact with the person? And what if you can't burn candles where you live for whatever reason? How are you going to do that you're going to have to think outside the box so that's one reason to think outside the box because you cannot perform the typical spell that goes with that typical condition situation or class of spells another reason for thinking outside the box is you've been doing a spell and you did it and it didn't work and you tried it again and it didn't work and you're like how many honey jars can i make on this guy and this guy is just no good right So thinking outside the box can mean let's think of a different kind of spell and try that. And it also can mean maybe God is giving you a message. (laughs) This is not the right thing to be doing anyway. And that's part of thinking outside the box is getting that sort of um, overview and looking at, you know, the paths of life and the way the little mazes are laid out and say, no, you know, this really isn't the path I need to go down. It just leads to a dead end anyway. So, Papaji, how about you tell us what you think about thinking outside the box? Sometimes it can can be uh, also about ingredients. Um, Sometimes we use the same ingredients over and over and over, and um, they work great, but sometimes it's good to, to... shake it up a little bit. I mean, we don't always have to use rose petals and lavender buds for love. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it deals with, uh, maybe if, if it's the sensual side of love, maybe we could use some juniper berries, which are good for, like, male virility, and uh, it works on females as well and attracts physical love, so there's something different. You may even have them out in, depending, in, a, in a bush in your yard, if you have a juniper bushes, um, a lemongrass, some, a very common thing that you can get a lot of times, but it's sometimes used for love. Um, mm-hmm. I'll try. So there's just a couple of things. It can be ingredients, and it can be, like you said, it doesn't always have to be candles, even though I like using candles. 
but it doesn't have to be that. It can be tons of different things. One thing I was thinking of for um, if I had to look around and have something I had no ingredients, one might use chocolate as a love ingredient. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just have chocolate and will use it to write your petition with the chocolate bar. <laughs> I've I've had to do that when I have had missing ingredients myself. I couldn't get licorice root, and I went to the market and I got some of the not the licorice whips that are just sugar and cornstarch, but which are flavored with anise anyway. I went and got some real Dutch licorice, and I put the Dutch licorice in it. But what I did using the old African method of putting something under the tongue, like the grains of paradise under the tongue, and then biting it. Mm-hmm. I, these were really salty, very licorice little tabs, tablets, and I bit them all, and then I put them in the mojo bag, licorice. So, yeah, you can do uh, things that are not expected in that way. I think I mentioned a while, can... a while back, I just want to say one more. I think I mentioned a while back Ricola cough drops. We were talking mm-hmm. about yeah. cleansing and protection. And I said, everything in Ricola cough drops is cleansing and protective. If you really can't get any herbs, then you try the cough drops. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some things like that you, you may have around that, um, that you may instinctively use for specific things. Like um, I like to, we, I grow a lot of hydrangeas. So mm-hmm. I like to use the um, hydrangea flowers in um, love and marriage work. And then, of course, and then later on, red hydrangea it, root is sometimes used as a replacement for Queen Elizabeth root when you can't get it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that in, in print, you know, I didn't know that for sure when I started using it. It was more instinctual, like. Mm-hmm. I think this is associated with this. Yeah, there's a there's another thing about hydrangeas that are interesting. Um, hydrangeas, depending on the acidity of the soil, will either bloom blue or pink. And it's an old trick among Italians. I, not, I call them Italians, but really Sicilians who live in California where hydrangeas grow very easily to put um, a base soil mixed with a base. It you know, in one side of your um, porch and with an acid on the other side, like rhododendron food. And you'll have two hydrangeas, the same, but one is pink and one is blue. And for those yeah, who are our, interested... Our particular yeah. gra- um, earth here, in, in our yard at least, is like they're all blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can change that by putting, you know, it's either, you know, it's either like lime versus, you know, uh, some, like acidic soil and so this is a, an old sicilian trick to have one pink and one blue now that sounds reminds you of the idea that you know little girls are pink and little boys are blue and you can pick your hydrangeas flowers from each side if you have two bushes kind of nice huh one of the fascinating things about uh, hoodoo, and I think this topic more broadly, is that the idea of thinking outside the box is already built into hoodoo. Hoodoo is very adaptable. conjures about what you have available around you. It's not always the work that you do in your altar. I think people have gotten, they've, they've become bound to their altar. 
You know, they can't do anything unless they're in front of that altar with their candles. And, and I'm like, right. Well, you just whatever you can reach for, you should do. This reminds me, actually, we started speaking of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. A few years back, uh, we all went out to dinner after the Hoodoo Heritage Festival to Chevy's or whatever the shit it was. What was the restaurant? It was Chevy's. Yeah, right. It was Chevy's. <laughs> and this was back when Eddie was with us and uh, mm-hmm. Dr. E. And there was a nearby... Uh, table that was extraordinarily loud and rude. And Eddie just reached for the salt shaker. Hey, Dr. E just poured the salt shaker in his hand, prayed over it, walked over and sprinkled it, and they were gone within a few minutes. So this is that. that <laughs> down, you remember that? This yeah, is I down do. Home, I do. Down home hoodoo. You just reach for what's available sometimes. Um, uh, and that, that doesn't mean one. you've got... Yeah, you don't. Sometimes it means you don't have hot foot powder around. Sometimes it means you don't have that one anger, but you have salt. Every mm-hmm. kitchen has salt, so you reach for it. So when I think uh, thinking outside the box, it's not always about creativity, though creativity is certainly great. It's about working with what you've got and making mm-hmm. it work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple of really interesting things in the uh, chat log I'd like to bring forward to those who just listen to this rather than look at the chat. Um, Cousin Joshua said he had a neighbor who was parking her car halfway in his spot, and he was real cranky, and he poured the coffee um, on the white stripe and said, wake up, you are parking halfway in my spot. And it worked. They stopped doing it until the next rain came, at which point the coffee got washed away. And Doc Murphy said um, is working on an Irishman, uh, I presume for uh, companionship, and is adding a pinch of Irish moss to the herbs. And so again, that's just a a neat way to go. I I also say with Irish people, I always put in clover because mm, you know the shamrock yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. another way. There's a little bit of yeah. Guinness in that potion. They'll be they'll be right out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and uh, uh, Shiva, I presume it's Shiva, says, how would you capture foot tracks from in front of an altar? Well, you throw a little dust in front of the altar, a little dirt or whatever. Everybody's always um, uh, thinks about, uh, if you have carpeting, you can work stuff into the carpet and no one will see it. You can then work it out of the carpet with your fingernails. Trust me, done it. You don't even need to vacuum it. You just, and up it comes, and you've got their foot tracks. <laughs> Very much out of the box thinking. I also like to work in a such a way that I'm prepared at any time. And that example of Eddie and the salt is what's is mm-hmm. really so true. I, I call it the the kitchen approach. You know, if you don't have true essence of vanilla oil or artificial vanilla oil, you probably have vanilla extract, which is a flavoring. It You can't blend it with oil. It's not an oil, but it will work very well in water because it was made to blend into food. And many of the colors that the food dyes and the um, food extracts are made to blend into water. And so you can use them in preparing baths. And mm-hmm. you don't have to go and get you know, three drops of vanilla oil and three drops of otto of roses, you just take your vanilla extract and pour a little bit into the bath, and there you are. And up in the, up in the cabin, I'm sure everyone has any ingredient you use to make a pumpkin pie, you can use for money drawing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin pie spices are all money spices for reasons that have to do with the history of the spice trade. 
they were once very expensive spices. They came from a long distance, and they were associated with the upper classes, the royalty and the lordships. And when people came to America and began making these pumpkin pies with pumpkins, which they found squash and pumpkins here, uh, they, to sh- you know, the the higher placed people, the uh, colonial forces that be wanted those expensive spices and so they became associated with wealth and they are a good symbol of wealth so yeah just go out and buy pumpkin pie spice it's a good one Mm -hmm. and um, Bell's poultry seasoning is a wonderful combination of protection and cleansing and um, home blessings fabulous Bell's poultry seasoning I'm thinking of some of the things you used to find, like because my pa- my grandparents lived out in the country, or well, I wouldn't. I live more in a village than a town. Kind of think of some of the things that was always around me and my cousins. I was like, Cat, what would you do with something like, um, I don't know, corn shucks or watermelon rinds? What kind of magic would you stir up with those? Well, corn shucks you can make corn dollies out of, right? Mm-hmm. And corn silk. You can mm-hmm. use. Mhm. Yeah, I I think about all of those things that that are you know found around the homestead, as I call it. There's a mm. there's an idea here too, not just of making do, but of going sideways. Um, yeah. You know, with with the idea, for instance, if you've been. Um, you know, using um, mojo bags, and they're just not working for you. You might want to try enchanted jewelry, similar but different. Yeah, this is a this is a really important thing that I teach my clients too. Is like uh, you've got to learn what works for you, and sometimes uh, we don't know why, but a particular approach doesn't always work. So if you've been lighting candles on a particular topic and it just isn't manifesting, then you've got to change up the approach. You change the style of the working. You go from working with candles to working with powders. And people often will find that a situation that just wasn't going to budge earlier will suddenly break through. Um, And it's just that adjusting and going a different route, coming at it sideways, works. Um, This can sometimes mean that if you're trying to work on a person, you come at it sideways. Um, so rather than, than work directly on them, you might try to encourage the friends around them, for example, to be favorable towards you rather than work directly on that individual because they might be hard-headed or something along those lines. Or it might mean just changing the style of working that you do, going from candle magic to jar magic, or going from jar magic to laying down powders. That change of approach coming at it sideways will suddenly kind of allow things to fall into place, um, and a situation that didn't budge will suddenly work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in relation to that, um, Conjurman, um, you made me think of approaching. A lot of people, do, a lot of people do love spells, and they always focus on it the same way. You've either got some pink candles and some red candles, and rose rose petals, and their only thought is like bring them back or bring them back or something. Instead of if they were to break down parts of what makes a successful relationship, which is like, you know, it's communication, it's respect, it's trust, 
it's support, it's love. Mm. And if they were to, to take one of those other aspects and work on it for a while, or maybe each of those, and work on it separately until all of a sudden it built into this all-encompassing love to bring them back instead of the same thing over and over and over. Yeah, that's a that's a, a very important truth. Um, you know, Onyx Rose, who always poses such good questions, Onyx Rose, what sign of the zodiac are you? Could you type that in for me? Onyx Rose has this, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, uh, devil's, uh, yes, Scorpio, that's what I thought. Um, Act very much like my husband, (laughs) devil's advocate. (laughs) And and here's a question for you. Um, But maybe Onyx Rose is not a Scorpio, we don't know. Um, So, but the question... Ah, a Gemini, says somebody else. Okay. Um, That's a good one, too. Geminis are great talkers. Okay, so Onyx Rose's question was, does this instant magic depend on the force of the emotion in the spur of the moment? And, um, oh, Onyx Rose is a double Taurus. We're all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, Thank you. Um, Does it depend on on the emotion in the spur of the moment? I'm not a big believer that that force of emotion has to do with thinking outside the box. I think you always need force of emotion. Force of emotion I link to success. And force of emotion or need might make it possible to think outside the box in terms of the mm-hmm. substitutions we were talking about. But there's also not getting stuck in a rut. And if you are the person who always, always, always goes to one type of spell and you're finding mm-hmm. a person it's not working on, this this can lead to deformed spells if you don't think outside the box. And the classic one is, so I'm doing a honey jar on my boss and she's just getting worse and worse and worse. So now I'm going to add domination to my honey jar. And now I'm going to mm-hmm. throw that honey jar away. I'm going to make a dominating, controlling and influence and fuck you Honey jar. I'm like, no, no. You've you've now not. You, you got to leave the honey jar aside, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a an idea that people have. They just they like one type of work. They like, you know, they like prayer, and prayer mm-hmm. isn't working. Well, maybe you should do contact magic. And they like contact magic. It's not working. Maybe you should pray. So we have to have all methodologies available to us. And we also have to think of the situations of life as sort of like a series of sorting boxes for 50,000 business Mm -hmm. cards. And we have to say, is this a love is this a love issue or is it a friendship issue? Is it a job issue or is it a drive away bad people issue or is it make friends on the job? You know, there are blends of ideas of that that go into these decisions that you have to make. And that's more intellectual than emotional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Adaptability, says Nagashiva, and that's really the right word for it. At the mm-hmm. heart of folk magic is a level of adaptability, the ability to shift and move uh, based on what the situation calls for. We, you know, mm-hmm. some magical traditions only have one hammer, right? That's mm-hmm. just the reality of it. 
you're, you're just conjuring up demons because you need to get a, you know, a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas uh, right. who do and conjure, right? Right. <laughs> right. Who do and conjure is very adaptable. You you you're able yeah. to adapt based on the situation. You're laying out powder. You're get, gathering personal concerns. You're lighting candles. You're making jars. You're calling on saints. There's so much that there's an adaptability that's built in there. And so learning to move and think outside the box is actually learning the spirit of hoodoo itself. It's learning how to work within that tradition. None of what we're saying means that that you should be, you know, oh, this cat and and Papa G and and Conjure Man said that we can be as adaptable as possible, so I'm going to put some black peppers in my love spell because I feel like that's the right thing to do. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that the tradition itself has an element of flexibility, has an uh, element of adaptability. And being able to think outside the box is going to make you more successful in what you're trying to do, whether that means uh, letting necessity be your guide or coming at things from a different approach. Um, This is really like, especially when it comes to something like getting a job or love magic, I think everyone's immediate go-to is candles. They reach for that candle. But let me tell you, sometimes turning around and going, no, I'm going to work with foot track magic here, can really be the door, that kind of crack that allows you to get, you know, an entryway in there. So find what works, find what doesn't, and then adapt. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to try something new. I'm going to try a different approach. A honey jar doesn't solve everything, right? I mean, the number of times I have a client who are, who's like, oh, I've been, really, I've been trying to get a job for six months and I've got this honey jar going. I'm like, that's great. Everyone's really sweet towards you. <laughs> but, but who's going to give you money? Who's going to put the money in your hands, right? So learn to adapt, learn to change, and learn to take different approaches is going to be the key to successful magic. I'm I'm going to I'm going to without calling someone's name whom I love dearly I'm going to give an example of a failed thinking outside the box probably the worst failed thinking outside the box that I've ever seen mm. so somebody not me. no so, no <laughs> somebody was um going to teach us how to make a a, a protection bottle and the ingredients were being purchased by someone else. And in it, there was... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So in it, I'm not going to give away everything that was in it because it was at the festival. You should go to the festival. But um, there were nails. There were uh, it was twisted string. It was just a lovely thing. And there was supposed to be salt. Same thing that... Eddie had used, Dr. E had used mm. to drive away the unwanted people. And someone decided to substitute Epsom salts for <laughs> salt. She's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And um, I had just had some success with chewing up some herbs that had been improperly identified or not identified at all. And a bunch of us actually went, oh, well, that's that. We all tasted it. We know what it was. But this, I put it in my tongue, and I think Doc Murphy was another one who put it on her tongue. And, oy, it was horrifying. Um, <laughs> and Doc Murphy says, yeah, I recall. Um Yes, the the tasting fiasco of 2021. Of 2021. That's what we're going to um, call it. 
it, I tried it was, very hard not to laugh while that was going on. It was very funny. I know. It was horrific. And it was also the wrong ingredient. And the person who made the mistake said, but chemically, Epsom salt is a salt. And that's just like saying, well, I decided to substitute mm, hyssop for mm, rosemary because technically they're both herbs or even in the mint family. You don't, there are some substitutions you can't make. And Epsom salts is not the same as salt. You can mix them in bathing because Epsom salts has a real long use in bathing. Medically, it softens your skin. It's very lovely, uh, silky feeling. But it is not the same as salt in a in a spell. And it was a, it was. I'm still looking at. It's actually sitting here on my desk. <laughs> no, really. And I have not put the Epsom salt in the jar. I just couldn't fortunately, do it. Fortunately, salt is a readily available ingredient. Yes, right. Well, to. exactly. So I have the little bag with the nails and the Epsom salt, and then I have the jar, and I'm going I'm going to go down to the kitchen and get the freaking salt. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't mean you can just willy-nilly substitute. And... Um, and so, but uh, Shiva says, let's get back to successful methods. But this was a little side trip, actually, on what Onyx Rose said. Is it your emotion or is it your, uh, your you know, knowledge of minerals or herbs that may be imperfect? There, there, you have to, in order to think outside the box, you have to know what the box is first. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think so, yeah. there's also times that people step so far outside the box that they're in a totally different box. One where sometimes <laughs> they're stepping, on, one in which there are other people in there and they're stepping on their toes. Um, mm-hmm. We know of someone um, who um, got there, went through the levels of Reiki, one, two, three, became a master and now has their own students. Mm-hmm. And, and what they do is um, well, we know two different people who screwed it up. Some. What they do is uh, they assist all of their students, dress in white, wear the white headgear. They go down to the river. They get baptized. And we're like, that is not Reiki. You're doing something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. This, uh, you, you, this has become a giant subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a yeah. little bit of shade on this Sunday, Sunday yeah. afternoon. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, there's, there are, like, there are things like that, far. and that's, that, that's right. Thinking of, the, the other one is, oh, Beyonce dressed as Oshun, so I'm going, to, I'm going to, you know, whatever. And they just all of a sudden they worship Oshun, but they have no idea except that Beyonce dressed as Oshun. I've heard this from two people now. Oh, what dear. can you tell me about yeah, what can you tell me about Oshun? Beyonce was celebrating. I'm like, no, just stop, just stop. Go back to who Beyonce is first, and what you know what I'm saying. You can't just put on a, a you know, yellow, honey-colored, orangey dress and say, "Now I'm worshiping Osho." That ain't gonna work. I so, think that, yeah, I think what you said was was so crucial there was the idea that you've got to be able to identify the box first. That's really right. Like that. Identify really the box. Need, yeah, we really need to highlight that. That's such a great way of putting it. You can do outside-the-box thinking. Some of the best conjure and root work involves outside-of-the-box thinking, but you first got to know what is the box. 
you've got to be able to identify it. And that is, that's crucial. If you don't know what it is, then you're not doing outside the box, throwing the kitchen sink at the wall and hoping something sticks, right? You're just well, hoping, you're throwing everything. The worst was for me was when one client then said, Ocean, isn't she the goddess of oceans? Hmm. And I'm like, no. That's, that's, that's Yamaya. <laughs> that's Yamaya. Right. And then, they, of course, the comeback was, who's Yamaya? I never heard of Yamaya, but Beyonce dressed as Oshun. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So, you know, sometimes yeah, we need to put ourselves in boxes because, you know, I also into some witchcraft and that way of folk magic, but it's like we've talked about it before. If you come to me for hoodoo, I'm not going to put those other things in there with it. So mm-hmm. I have lots of little boxes depending on who you are and what part of my you know, knowledge base I'm going to pull from. And I don't mind mm-hmm. mixing them either as long as I don't mix them permanently and repackage them for Right. For the masses and, you know, and claim it as something else. You've hit you've hit on something really really good. Lady Muse at the festival did a thing about respecting the deities of all traditions. Remember that workshop she gave? Yeah. And it was about mm-hmm. a call to unity. She really nailed it. It's like you can be eclectic, but you also when you're being eclectic you have to respect the deities of all the traditions and the pantheons that you're in. And the other one is don't assume that any given magical tradition is uh, composed of a barrier that that you cannot get in without it being gatekept and you can't get out uh, and share. Because in modern times, by which I mean since uh, at least the late 19th century, all of these things have been available to everyone, sometimes ham-fistedly and mistakenly, but... I know that an African-American person who bought from L.W. De Lawrence in 1910 could buy an actual, authentic uh, sterling silver kavacha from Afghanistan, right? And he was selling them, right? And, hey, you know, here's the kavacha, you know, and so you could have one. And so all of these things go cross-cultural because magicians tend to be cross-cultural and there is that bit of cultural exoticism that can be misused but you have to be able to identify it i mean you know look at all the christians who use the seals of solomon and the seals of moses and and um and uh, you know teach themselves hebrew sort of (laughs) or maybe not that's all possible, you know, and it's it's not impossible. But if you're going to mingle paths, you do need to study those paths somewhat and be friendly. Mm. Be Always be friendly. That's what Lady Muse really was teaching about, was if you're going to think outside the box, be friendly. Mm-hmm. Was it Lady yeah, Muse think... or was it Robin who talked about calling upon your ancestors or not calling upon them? Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a there's a whole lot of of um, uh, you know uh, uh, people nowadays. You know they're they're right now everyone's involved in building walls rather than uh, you know building roads. <laughs> it's what it is. This is the the current state of the culture. But I do think that if you share and and understand, you can also draw from other cultures. Some of the best spells I've learned did not come from hoodoo, nor from my own 
Sicilian slash Jewish slash North African slash whatever culture that I was raised in as a mingled family that I grew up in. And they just came from different people. Different people say, oh, well, in my culture in Japan, we do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to give it a try. So um, if you make friends with people of different cultures, this is always my message. If you make friends with people of different cultures, you may learn spells that are outside your box. Might not be mm. out. They, they might all go, oh, yeah, of course we do that. Right? They, they, to them, it's normative. But it it's could be an alternative. If one yes. path is not working for you, yes. think outside That's the right. box about going to another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I know um, Papa Newt did a workshop on uh, Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez in the Overcoming Difficulties, and he was talking about medical uh, difficulties, chronic conditions, disabilities, mm-hmm. and how Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez was someone who was called upon. Now, he's Catholic, and it was in the Catholic tradition he was raised in, but he's Polish Catholic, and this is Venezuelan Catholic, and so there's a box jumping. But I'll tell you, as someone who's not Catholic at all and never has been, and you know, God willing, will never become a Catholic, um, I probably would would you know go to the wall and get shot before I became a Catholic, just because of the history of Catholic Church and all that with my people. But I love Catholic saints. I love them. They're wonderful. And Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez isn't even a saint. And many non-Catholics work with him. And there is a, once you kind of introduce him to people, he wins them over. He stands hmm. apart from the religion in which he's embedded. And and I've always thought, what a, well, how will I feel about him if they do make him a saint? Would I love him as much? <laughs> or do I like him better beatified? <laughs> standing outside? No, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the radio show. But it, it, wasn't, it was just five years ago. I had never been baptized. Mm-hmm. And um, Hoodoo sort of brought me back to the Bible in my own terms, not the terms mm-hmm. set up by my family. Um, I, I tried to take the Catholicism classes that did not work for me because of their issues on with gay people. So Roy and I found the most Catholic Episcopal church we could find. So I was going to be baptized Episcopalian. But I said, well, I have to go to the priest first and, and fess up about <laughs> what I did. Mm-hmm. So I go to the priest before... And actually say, listen, I read tarot cards. I have been to a, um, um, been to a mosque. I have been to circles with witches. I have been to a Buddhist temple. Um, and the priest said to me, keep everything good you learned and toss out the rest. Hmm. Wow. Didn't, didn't care. <laughs> wow. That's really yeah. interesting. I think uh, well, something I want to mention here is I mean, we say thinking outside the box. The the element here is thinking. I don't necessarily <laughs> – it doesn't mean that it has to be instinctual all the time. There should be an element of strategy here. There should be an element of thinking things through. So I do encourage people that, yeah, sometimes the best thinking outside the box happens instantaneously, happens in the moment and sort of pressing need. But sometimes it also requires you to sit down and go, let me think this situation through. You don't immediately need to reach for that candle. Give yourself a day. Give yourself a a day or two to think things through and find out the best approach and strategy for the work that you need to do. I am a big believer, big believer, that thinking outside the box 
sometimes comes in the form of dreams. If you sleep on a situation, you go, I have this problem that I've got to deal with. Maybe candles aren't working. Maybe something's not working. But I need to resolve this matter. Sleep on it. And nine times out of ten, you will resolve that problem in your sleep. You will come up with this strategy or you'll wake up knowing what that strategy uh, will be. So I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. big believer of, of when I say thinking outside the box, that involves an element of strategy. Take the time to think through what would be ideal for you and ideal for the situation. What might be a good approach? And it's also in those moments that an element of creativity is introduced when you kind of wake up and go, oh, you know, I've never just thought about doing it this way. Maybe I should try it this way. That's inspiration from spirit. That's sign. Be bold in your, in your magic. Take that leap. And see what happens. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy Weiss in the chat says about uh, Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez, I hung his photo in my medical office and I am Jewish. Yeah, there's something about that guy. He's just super great. And uh, uh, Tony I also talks about this was Bruce Lee's philosophy to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. And the idea of dreaming... Uh, Nagashiva says, I call it the slumbering eye. And I agree, the slumbering <laughs> eye reveals many, many things. Um, That's true. Yeah. I I also want to say that none of this is important if your spells are working. Part of what we're talking about here is if your spells are not working or if it's impossible to perform those spells by reason of not having ingredients or not having um, a space that's adequate for those ingredients like fire. So if candle spells are working for you and that's what you love to do, keep on doing it if you're getting success. So thinking outside the box really means when something isn't exactly happening for you, either because of lack of uh, space, time, ingredients, or because of repeated failures. And I do want to talk about this other thing which I introduced, which was maybe it was the wrong desire. It wasn't the wrong spell. It wasn't the wrong ingredient. It wasn't the wrong emotion. It was the wrong objective. And Mm. thinking outside the box can go beyond spell casting to examination of your objectives. I would recommend people not jump to the was the failure of the spell a sign? Don't do that. At least do the spell three different ways or three times repeatedly or whatever. Just you know, back off, do it again. Everything is worth at least three times. But if you still get failures, you might want to ask yourself, is my objective really in keeping with my life path? And of course, the most common example of this going wrong is the person who insists and insists and insists that this person loves them and is going to come back or this person loves them and just doesn't. The reason they're not communicating is that there's evil spells all around and no matter how many root workers tell them there are no evil spells, this guy is actually going to marry somebody else. And um, you need to always consider your objectives. That's thinking outside the box as well. Mm -hmm. All right. There's our music. So we're going to go to our readings. And I hope people enjoyed this. It's an unusual topic. We might uh, have another round of this one again, uh, you know, maybe in a year or two, because it was an interesting topic, and I know that there's a lot of thought that people have about it. Okay, 
So how about it, Doc Murphy? Why don't you tell us what's up next? Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Floresville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Group Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners, located online at readersandgroupworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted group worker instantly. Call one 888 4 hoodoo or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Queen of Cups, calling from area code 919 in Raleigh, North Carolina. Queen of Cups, are you there? Yes. Welcome. Hi. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for trusting everyone with your with your situation. You indicated in your write up that you have not had readings on the situation with uh, any of our root workers and guests here today. Is that true? Yes. Okay. And Queen of Cups writes, I am having mother in law issues. It's bad this time. My marriage has been negatively affected. I'm ready to call it quits. I have since blocked her. Is there something going on causing issues with her, long-standing issues? Is this likely to be fixed? Are we destined to bump heads? If so, it might be better for me to leave because he, presumably my husband, has distanced himself from me until I fix it, but she is not willing. And now I have become unwilling after her treatment of me. Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. Whoa. I know that story. I lived through that one. I'm real sorry to hear it, Queen of Cups. Of course, the problem is, you know, you can't separate a boy from his mother, and um, and his mother may be an evil person or an unfriendly person or jealous of you for being young and having access to her son. Lots of problems there that sometimes cannot be solved. Sometimes they can be solved. So... Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What sign of the zodiac are you, Queen of Cups? Cancer. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Cancer? Cancer. Oh, of course, Queen of Cups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Could have been a Pisces. You could have been a Scorpio, but uh, Cancer, that's very good. So that makes you a very sensitive person. What sign is your husband? Pisces. That usually goes together very well, both very emotional. That's a natural combination. It's what's called a trine aspect or triangle aspect. And do you know the sign of the zodiac of the mother-in-law? Sagittarius? Hmm. Ah. So if it's a Sagittarius, the Sagittarius and the Pisces are both mutable, and that leaves you as cardinal. You're the... Mm-hmm. The odd one out. There's two. This is like a Venn diagram: two water, and um, two mutable. Interesting. All right, I'm going to um, ask Conjurman to do our first reading. 
Sure. Uh, I thank you for passing that. Uh, thank you for answering the questions about your signs of the zodiac. It does actually vibe very clearly with the cards that I've pulled here. So I've pulled three cards. Now, anyone who's listened to this show uh, for many, many years now knows that I don't actually read reversals, uh, and I don't think Kat does either. Nope. Uh, we read the cards straight up. Um, that's just how I was taught. We didn't deal with reversals at all. Uh, and so when I shuffle my cards, all the cards come out lying up. But every once in a while, I call it a rogue card. Some card will end up reversed and will be backwards, upside down. Uh, and I don't know how it gets that way. I always shuffle in the exact same way. I shuffle in the exact same direction. So that they always come up upright. But when they do show up this way, this random card, and I'll go through the entire deck, and it'll be just this card that shows up reverse, I do then read it. Uh, and it's happened in your case. So this is quite rare, um, and people are more than willing to, I mean, I encourage people to go and listen to the archives. This might be the first time it's actually even happened on the show. It's happened before for clients, but the first time it's happened on the show. So it's extraordinarily rare for me to see a reverse card, but it does come up, so I do see it as significant. And it is the temperance card upside down. And the temperance card upside down is significant here. It talks about the inability to mix. It's the inability to be joined together. While there may be a connection between you and your partner, what we're seeing here is an issue of oil and water. We're seeing an issue of, of people unable to kind of find their footing unable to find their ground, unable to build their foundation, and unable to find some sense of harmony or peace. So temperance upside down is significant. It's a card of, of major upheaval, and it is a omen that there is something foundational wrong here. But this isn't a matter of, oh, we're just having some miscommunication and a little bit of honey will soothe it out. No, this is a matter of there is something wrong at the core, at the foundation of this relationship, and it is because the three of you may not mesh in this instance, the mother-in-law being the third. It is true that I, I tend to tell people that it's easier to get along with a mother-in-law than to separate the mother and son from each other, but sometimes it's impossible to get along with your in-laws. They cross a threshold or they cross some type of line, and there's no going back from that. And so this upside-down temperance card really speaks to this. This is a problem. Now, the reason uh, I thought the cat's uh, asking of your signs was so important is because the cards that I got are temperance, king of wands, and queen of cups, so quite literally you, queen of cups. What's interesting is that's two water cards that are being separated by the fire card in the middle. Do you see that? That's the Pisces mm -hmm. and the Cancer with the Sagittarius in the middle separating the two of them oh, no. from each other. So the the King of Cups is the or the King of Wands is the next card. That's the fire that separates the two of them. Now initially I had read the King of Cups or the King of Wands as um, him as a person who's turning away from you. This is a person who's looking to the left, not looking forward, but looking to the left. That is, he's looking back to his mother. He's set on his idea of what family is looking like and what family is and who is part of that family and who is not part of that family and who he will side with. This is a very clear indication of, of where his direction is. But if we read the element, not just the figure, then it's also representative of the mother-in-law as a fire sign separating the two water signs here, the temperance and the queen of cups. That final card is you. The queen of cups is sitting on her throne. She's got a goblet in her hand, and it's a goblet that is enclosed. 
you, we are actually giving you stuff that you already kind of know, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if the next reading is the same. We're kind of just confirming a sense you already have. You are a person who has some psychic and intuitive abilities. You are a person who's able to understand what's going on. You're seeing the emotional dynamic between the three of you, not just what's going on on the surface, but what is happening at a much deeper spiritual, emotional level. And there's a part of you that recognizes this. I suspect that you've weathered this already for some time. I don't know how long you two have been married, but the Queen of Cups here as an indication of a person who has seen the tides come and go. So you've probably put up with quite a bit as it is. And now decisions need to be made. Um, you are being separated. 18 years. You are being split. Eight. What was that? 18 years. 18 years. Oh, good God. That is the tides coming and going. Yeah. So Queen mm -hmm. of Cups is an indication here that you've seen it all. And a part of you is recognizing that there is something almost irreconcilable about what is happening right now. And that, uh, that, that fire sign splitting you two apart is a serious issue. Now, I'm not saying that you need to give up on the marriage entirely, but I am saying that the dynamics, which you already, I think, suspect, are, is so far gone that there's a lot of damage to repair. And that damage is going to have to involve, if you decide that you want to repair it, it means you have to remove this fire that is in between you two. The mother has to be removed as an obstacle. The chances of that are not looking very good because as the king of wands, he's looking away from you. So that's what my cards indicate here. Not the most positive of readings, I'm sorry to say. I think you've already suspect this. It's already kind of confirming what you already know. Um, and then now it comes to the time of making a decision. You've put up with the tides coming and going for 18 years. Are you willing to put on for more years of the same? And if the answer is no, then the time has come to draw upon those inner reserves to heal and to move on. So I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, who's going to do your next reading. And then Miss Kat will give you some root work advice. Um. Queen of Cups, I wanted to ask, does your mother-in-law live with you? No. Okay, good. That's good. A little, little bit of sunshine there. <laughs> I'm using Lenormand cards, and what I've done to be able to tell what's, gonna, what's happened and what's going to happen is five cards, and it is, they're red in pairs, so it's, I'll tell you all of them at once and what they mean together. We have the bear, the crossroads. It's a card called the Whip and Broom, or Broom and Whip, the Man, and the Garden card. The first card, the Bear, deals with nurturing. It's a motherhood card. Now, in this case, it's a mother-in-law card, which, if you connect it to the card beside you, has finally brought you to a crossroads, a breaking point, a point where you need to make a decision one way or another. She's, she's the straw on your camel's back. Um... The middle card is the whipping broom, which is about cleaning things up, whipping things into shape. Um, if you were to uh, be able to see these cards, you would know that um, the handle of the broom points toward, back towards the crossroads card, which is what you, I think you have tried to do. You've always tried to clean the situation up. The handle of the whip is on the right side of the card, 
on the side where to the right of this card is a man card, your husband. And then it ends with the garden card, which is about things ending happily. But if you were to put all of these together and weave this story into one, we'll just say weave it into one story, it all boils down to it is all relies, uh, it all relies on him. He has to put an end to the way that she treats you. He has to whip it into shape. You're cleaning up after all these years. It's not working anymore. So the only he has to be the one to say I will not to her I will not tolerate this anymore. Enough is enough. It's been years of this. You need to sit down, shut up, <laughs> realize this is who I've been married to for almost two decades, and you need to get over it. And um, so it's like it all relies on him. It's not really about you and her anymore. He's the one who's got to fix it. Or if I were to pull one more card, um, we have the woman, so I had to pull two. The woman is you, and the next card is the stork, which is not about pregnancy, by the way. It's about moving away, meaning if he's not willing to do this, he has to understand that you may be willing to remove yourself from the situation. I'm not telling you to, but if all else fails, he's got to be the one to do it. Nothing you do or she do is going to work. And you'll have to understand what the consequences are in the future if he doesn't man up and... Yeah. 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 I'm... This is, you know, it's... Don't... I don't want you to see an 18-year marriage, you know, thrown Mm -hmm. ass over tea kettle because here you call the radio show... Right. But we are, we are seeing something that I think the word was foundationally uh, has problems, and uh, these readings are are pretty. Mm, they point possibly toward giving up if it doesn't work. There there are real problems here. I'm going to give you some uh, root work advice, and I and I do say something too. This does. The reason I didn't want to do the first reading is, as I mentioned, this was something like replaying a piece of my own past. And I thought, I'm not going to go into this reading uh, with an open mind because I know what happened to me. Um, It does come down to him. It does come down to him um, not helping. And, um, And you're going to have to consider how many more years you can do this. And I also pointed out in the chat, and I will mention it in the, uh, I point out in the typed chat, and I'll mention it on air, 18 years is one lunar nodal cycle. It's a very important time, and it means the next 18 years is going to replay like clockwork because the lunar nodal cycles, unlike the planetary forward and retrograde and forward and all of that stuff, the lunar nodal cycles are just like clockwork. Am I right, Conjurman? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They just Absolutely. Dip. So you're going to go through the whole thing again if you stay with it. So I'm going to give you some root work advice. I'm going to ask for um, you to do some work to strengthen him and see how that plays out. Um you said you're ready to call it quits. You've blocked her, 
and um, he's distanced himself from you until you fix yourself. Uh, I'm going to do uh, ask you to do one last um, kind of put me as your queen. You're the queen of cups, and you've been given second place, and that's not right. And also consider your age in life, what your prospects are. Do you want to marry again? Are you willing to live alone? You're going to have to think about this a lot. I want you to do some more introspection than spell work. I want you to light some candles and have some um, bowl of water. It's very common in the spiritualist church to use seven bowls of water. Some people use nine bowls of water. Some people use one uh, bowl of water. And uh, it should just be plain water. If you can add a little drops of holy water to it, uh, that would be good. And um, <clears throat> Or bless or consecrate it, however you like to. Tony I did a great workshop on how to make your own holy water uh, last year at the festivals. And um, I want you to have a candle for every day of the week. Seven candles, and they should be seven white candles, and they should be small. And look up, if you don't know, what the different planetary meanings are for the days of the week. You know, the moon is for mothers, and Tuesdays for war, and, and energy too, and Wednesday for communication. And meditate on each one of those, and um, have a, the bowl of water, and pray that you will be guided and will receive a sign. And I think at the end of seven days of this work, um, you can refresh the bowl every day. And some people refresh the bowl, not everybody, by drinking with it or washing your hands and face with the water after the candle has burned down, just to receive the energy. And call upon your ancestors as you have the water there or on any good spirits or any angel spirits or saint spirits that, that you like. And just I want you just to sit with this seven-candle spell. You don't need to ask for a resolution. Just ask for clarity. If you want to use clarity oil to dress the candles, that would be good. But you can dress the candles with olive oil or holy oil or anything of that nature. You can roll them in herbs. If you want to use for clarity, you might want to use eye bright herb. It's to make your eyes clearer. So that's a very simple spell. And I think that would be, uh, to me, it would be something that I would do before taking any move. And if you even want to write down what happens during the day, if you light that candle in the morning and spend, you know, 20 minutes with it, if it's like a birthday candle or a Hanukkah candle, a little small candle, you don't have to, we're not talking about big giant candles now, and you spend your time uh, thinking about it. This is a life change that may work and may not work for you. And uh, say, you know, what will my life be like in terms of, let's just say in terms of Saturday, in terms of my drudgery and my chores. What will my life be like in terms of my health and, and my energy? That's Sunday. Each day you'd think of it. What it, what will my life be like in terms of love? That will be on Friday. If he and I part and if we cannot reconcile. And that's when you've thought about that. Write down what your thoughts are. Also write down your dreams during that seven-day period. And I think you'll have an answer more uh, intimate to you than just our reading. We're not asking you to trust our reading and break up your marriage, but we are seeing there may be irreconcilable differences here as we see it. Okay? You mentioned not wanting to leave in the chat, and I want to say leaving doesn't always mean leaving the household. It can mean leaving your investment in mm. 
the, the turmoil. You'd be like, I'm not going to let her get to me anymore. Yes, that's true. I and connect. you may find, yeah, you may find that you that you can disconnect from the problems by just letting it wash over you. One of the best lessons that people learn is the mother-in-law is older than you and will probably not be with you always. And if you have the patience, and one day to you'll wait be hurt. One day you'll be her, yeah. I just can't resist but saying, though, I had a husband who had a mother who became terminally ill, and he went to see her, and she was in the hospital. And and um, I called his house, and a, her house where he was staying, and he was with his other girlfriend about whom I knew nothing. She answered the phone. I said, well, have him call me back. And the first words out of his mouth were, you never liked my mother. And I went, this does not explain your cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to. Like I said, I was a little too close to this question, I think. Um, But I didn't. Well, you know, as it turned out, he was right. I never liked his mother. I didn't hate his mother. I just didn't like her. And to him, he had to be with a woman who loved his mother. And, in fact, he was with a woman who loved his mother. And that was all for the better. And I was well out of this situation. But on the other hand, I've had people tell me that they ended up getting along with the mother-in-law softened. She became ill. Then she realized she needed help. And the daughter-in-law turned out to be the great helper and, and friend of the mother-in-law. So, do some meditation on it. All right, sorry for that long digression. Um, so let's get to our network schedule announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Papa G of themojostudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Dr. Murphy. Um, since we're doing out of the box today. I didn't come up with this bell until two hours before the show. Um, <laughs> and I decided to do something money-related to bring customers to your business because a lot of businesses are suffering right now. And I decided we're not going to use any green candles. We're not going to use any lovestone, no pyrite, no cinnamon. <laughs> so we're going to take a different approach to get customers to your door. <laughs> so the things you're going to need, you'll either need a roll of pennies or five $1 bills. Um, have some scissors standing by and an ink pen. And then you need to get some alfalfa and five finger grass or one or the other. You can choose one and a little bit of Lucky Mojo attraction oil. Uh, so if you're going to use cash instead of the roll of pennies, you're going to use it as petition paper and say everyone who comes in contact with this and wants to come to my door. You all want to come into my business. You want to support me. You want to spend money. 
say it over and over, write it all over, over and over, all over the bill, however you want to say it. Um, so you're going to take a pot, and you're going to add two cups of water, and put in the alfalfa and the five-finger grass, and add just a little capful of the attraction oil. Bring it to a simmer. We're making like a tea. We're not doing an oil. We're going to make like this this um, this herbal tea blend out of this. You can either choose to put in all 50 of the pennies, unroll them, let's put them in there loose, or if you do cash, I want you to take some time ahead of time to cut it up into confetti or put it into a paper shredder, whatever. We're going to have lots of that, and you're going to steep that down in the um, in the money. Um, or, actually, a better way to do that was to do, do them whole first, hang them up, let them dry, and then cut them up. I have to backtrack on that one. That would probably be better and a lot, a lot less messy. Um, when it's dry, if you use the cash and you have your confetti, if they're pennies, they're air dried, you're going to get in the car or you're going to walk um, to where your business is located. Start at the far end of the street, wherever there's like an intersection your street begins, and begin to walk along or drive along and throw out this confetti or pennies and uh, just throw them along as you go along till you reach all the way to the other end of the road. And what it's going to do is all this money is intended to come back to you, but it's also supposed to put out your energy all along the way of the path of this business road to bring customers into you. And then, Kat, I know you've been looking for employees, so I wonder how you would twist this around to bring employees to you. Hmm, that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I might take, um, because I'm not even getting people filling out applications, I might take um, our application for a job and shred that up along with the money um, so that the people will come and apply. Um, I might, um, hmm, maybe some Lucky Mojo business cards um, with the thought that they could have their own business cards with their own names imprinted on them as we do for some of our employees. Tread you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna be walking down Cubby Road tomorrow, right? <laughs> I might. I might. I like this spell a lot. I like it a lot. It's a real it's interesting. It's it's reminiscent of some of the old um uh Saint Louis and New Orleans sidewalk washes. Those are the two towns when I traveled around that I encountered these sidewalk washes. Oh, in Philadelphia, there were sidewalk washes and were real popular in Philadelphia as well. I don't know why. At the time, you could also start at the town square and flip, flip the penny or whatever out all the way. Just keep going up the street till it gets to you. It didn't have to be just in your street. Mm-hmm. Start on the main thoroughfare, the main mm-hmm. traffic mm-hmm. area, and then begin working all the way up to your door. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. There's a. There. Are, I'm also thinking of um, mm, trying to attract people to a job uh, is is a little different than attracting money. So you want to attract people yeah. also who are um, hard workers and um, mm-hmm. and and have um, an, an interest in a job. I might even put a, um, a a coin like the Sacagawea coin, which I'm so fond of, which shows the mother carrying the baby on her back. I find that in our shop, most of our good employees are female. We've had we've had plenty of good men, but over the years, more female than men uh, employees. Someone in the so that, Angel 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 um, 
in the chat that I've often wondered what Papa G does to help with his business. During this pandemic, he's increased his business and created many products and books. That that was out of day one, a pandemic, and they shut our doors. We're like, we have to think outside the box. Mm. What can we do? We we can't do, at that time, we couldn't do curbside. So I was mm-hmm. sitting there adding 1,500 new products to the website. And like, this is all I can do. That's right. That's right. It mm-hmm. makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And by the way, Lucky Mojo is still looking for someone to hire. And now the bus driver shortage has hit Sonoma County. Nobody nobody wants a job. <laughs> but please, please, come out and apply for a job at Lucky Mojo. We're fun. We're friendly. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's our music. And that's going to give Doc Murphy time to complete her homework assignments, graduate, Join Hoodoo Psychics in air and make our announcements. <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman. And thank you, Papa G of TheMojoStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas, bringing us the topic of spirituality in the time of crisis. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Guru Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Doc Murphy, joining you from rootdocmurphy.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Doc Murphy. And I want to give one final shout-out to someone I forgot to mention today, Reverend Ernest. He has been working on the forum, working, working, working. And uh, he has been making new threads for every product we have, and he's been adding material about the different radio shows, getting their titles all lined up and making sure you have links to the radio shows. So if you go to the forum and see Reverend Ernest has been there, it's because that's what he's doing, and he's working very hard. So thank you, Reverend Ernest, for all your work. He's also the guy who administrates Facebook Fridays and gets you your free prizes. So it always pays to be on his good side. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night.